You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. And now, Right here, if you don't like that, I think you're going to really enjoy today's guest as we continue our conversation on the absurdity that is cancel culture in our society. I've got the Crowd Ultra Q&A and, as always, Grant's Rant. Today's podcast is brought to you by New Works Plumbing of Sacramento for your plumbing needs and repairs. And remember, they're available around the clock to you 24-7. Just go to newworksplumbing.com. Regardless of the size of your job, big job, whether you need just a little work, whatever the case may be, New Works Plumbing has a fix for you. Again, check them out by going online, newrxplumbing.com. My guest on today's podcast has a, a very interesting journal. It's called the Sports Broadcast Journal. He was the voice of St. John's Basketball. He also was the voice of the Miami Heat down in South Florida. Uh, it is an absolute pleasure to welcome to the podcast from the Sports Broadcast Journal and author, David Halberstam. David, great to have you on the podcast. How are you? I'm doing good, and I hope you're doing good, too. I am doing okay. Uh, I loved your recent story where you interviewed Tom Brenneman, and I want to read an excerpt for those that have not had a chance to read it yet because this really hit home for me. You wrote, through the years, voices have been cited for engaging hookers, drinking and driving, sexual assault, sexual harassment, insensitive racial comments, a fist fight in the booth, a fist fight out of the booth, eating a paper napkin in a restaurant while sitting at a table alone, mimicking an Asian player, arriving in the booth drunk, saying all lives matter, noting that a woman sideliner was dressed in a skimpy outfit, unknowingly expressing a controversial remark on a hot mic and other offensive nuttiness. And you go on and talk about cancel culture. What a crazy society that we're living in. David, obviously our athletes, and you use the term voices there, but I mean, we have athletes that have done all of those things and more, and they get two, three, four, five, six. Look at Josh Gordon for crying out loud. He's close to being reinstated. He's been suspended six times in his career already. Pretty amazing, isn't it? It sure is. I try to focus on the broadcasters, and uh, the one that uh, certainly got to me, um, you know, through the years is, I'd say the, the wackiest was this Adrian Woj, you know, Wojciechowski, I yep. believe is the way he pronounces his name, 
And he, he's a good reporter, but I've learned that uh, he didn't get to the top without elbowing his way up there and knocking some other good talent uh, off, off the set. Uh, and what he did to uh, a sitting senator of the United States and using profane language to um, express uh, his feelings uh, and gets like a slap on the wrist, if that. And people who do a lot less, uh, they may have to pay with their careers. So uh, it, to me, it, it's so annoying. And uh, I was writing a piece about that other nasty incident that involved uh, uh, Rachel Nichols mm -hmm. and uh, Maria Taylor. And I, I found that uh, absurd as well and wrote about that. And that's when Tom uh, reached out to me and uh, was willingly, uh, he willingly wanted to share a story. So, uh, and, and I know the area very well and um, I've, uh, I've met him once or twice, maybe on the basketball circuit, but uh, I thought what happened to him is terrible. Was he wrong in what he said? Absolutely, absolutely, you don't say that. But do you pay with your career, which is essentially what has happened. Mm -hmm. uh, you, you just hear it terribly from uh, the, the PC police and mob and, and, and all those nasty people. And I saw that happen even with Brenneman. Boy, he got hit. They were heaping on him. And what for? What for? He made a mistake. But does the crime... Uh, does, does that uh, deserve the kind of punishment that he's getting and his family has to deal with? I don't think so. After interviewing him, and I loved the interview, I thought it was outstanding, was there one thing above the rest that really stood out to you? Well, there were a few things that did. Um, uh, Bob Costas uh, made uh, no bones about it. You know, he, he, Bob says he deserves to work again, and, and Tom cited exactly uh, what he did and, and gave him a few leads and made calls on his behalf. Now, that shouldn't surprise me because Bob is one of the nicest human beings you'll ever meet, mm -hmm. brilliant beyond any, any kind of uh, uh, comparisons you want to make. So, yeah, that was one thing. It didn't shock me, but... I like the idea that Bob went public with that. Uh, that was one thing. Um, the, the other thing is just the, the lack of forgiveness. We live in a country of second chances. What holds it up? Why can't he get work? Why can't maybe you get work? You worked for a team for so many years. You had a talk show out there in Sacramento. And, and I wanted to ask him about you. Uh, same thing. But here's one thing. You, you asked me, and I'm sitting here thinking about it. Uh, one of the things is I asked, uh, I asked Tom about how he felt about a lack of black broadcasters. And he was very expressive, and he said, look, it's all our fault, and that's, it shouldn't be that way. So he made it very, very clear. He's certainly no racist, and he made a mistake with one word. Goodness gracious. I know. Maybe they give him a six-month uh, uh, suspension. Maybe he has to take some training, whatever. It it's like somebody drinking and gets unfortunately caught, and uh, they have to serve a suspension. And that's it. You move on. 
you know. What do you, you think? You didn't learn. Yeah. You, you, yeah. If you got yeah. a second um, a second suspension, maybe that warrants you know a lifetime ban. I'm I'm not even suggesting that. But why why in the world um, does this gang get get up there and, and try to do all sorts of terrible things? Why do you think that network executives, general managers at TV and radio stations, why do you think they are so afraid to give someone like Tom, and I didn't have you on to necessarily talk about me, but you can include me and others, mm-hmm. why, why, why do you think they're so afraid to give us a second chance? Again, I just think it's, it's the... Uh... It's the it's the attitude. I, you know, I was on with yesterday. I interviewed Sean McManus because his dad was Jim McKay, as right. you well know. Sure. And McKay will would have been his 100th birthday this Friday, so I interviewed him for a piece I'm doing. But it's um, people are afraid to make to make a, make major decisions or to do anything that would be controversial, even if it. Uh, upsets 3% of the people. Uh, but no one really gives a hoot. And the best example I can give you, and I don't want to turn to politics, but for all the media and all the criticism they had of, of Donald Trump, he still got like 74 million votes. Right. And I, I'm not trying to turn to politics, but people are are just afraid of the uh, of the court of public opinion. That's what it's all about. I don't know it's all if Tom, about the court yeah. of public opinion. I don't know if Tom shared this with you, but when I went through my experience, uh, I had hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people reach out to me, some via text message, others picking up the phone and calling me. Many uh, very, very well-known people in our profession, um, and you know, they all told me the same thing. They said I would love to come out and just speak up for you publicly, but I can't. And I was just like, I get it, because you know what? They don't want to lose their jobs, and they don't want to be labeled, and they don't want to be stereotyped into a certain uh, area that they're not comfortable with. And again, I, I had so many, so many, and I'm talking about white, black. I mean, it really didn't matter, and they all said the same thing. Hey, man, what happened to you was so wrong. We feel awful for you, but I can't really come out and put anything on social media. And, and I said, yeah, I get it. And I've done podcasts, and I've done a lot of things on this. You know, there's a right way and a wrong way to go about things. And I've always felt, you know, I had Doug Adler on my podcast back in January, and I'm sure you're familiar with his story. He was fired from ESPN. Yeah, and I had Doug Adler on. And, you know, it's the same thing. John McEnroe didn't stick up for him. Martina didn't stick up for him. And they knew very well what he was talking about. I mean, as Phil has rightfully put out in the New York Post, you know, they did a commercial with Andre Agassi and Pete Sampras, a Nike commercial, a tennis court they put on Fifth Avenue, and they called it Gorilla Tennis. Nobody wanted to speak up for him. No, but I'm just saying, David, it's just such a shame that, you know, people that could make a difference and all they got to do is come out and say, hey, this is ridiculous. This is wrong. And yet they don't do it. They let someone, you know, drown, you know, with a weight around their neck. I don't understand that. I really don't. Well, you see, Bob Costas, I think, was was one of the first. We'll look back at what his comment here. And say to ourselves, you know, years from now, that he was the first to stand up and say, no, this is not right. This is wrong. So that's just, uh, I, that's why I always love Bob. But, yeah, people are afraid. And, and I think Tom told me to that story 
that Joe Buck was on with him, Costas, a couple others. Mm -hmm. But then there were others who said, gee, I'm going to have to check with my boss. And they were told not to not to go on with him. Wow. On on, on Tom's uh, podcast. So wow. That's yeah. That 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 that's another thing that uh, is maddening, as well. And I don't know if there'll ever be an end to it. Uh, Maybe in a couple three years, because the political fever fever and tenor always they always seem to change after every few years, and and it's all tied to politics. Grant, you know that. Yeah, of course it is. Yeah. you know, when you get the guy, you get all the, the liberal media. Um, you know, when I was a kid growing up, I'm a few years older than you, not that many. But when I, when, when I was growing up, I, I grew up in, in a home. My father was moderately liberal, but you can have conversations. The others can express themselves, and no one is going to uh, put the kibosh on them for doing that. Uh, you, but then again, social media, you know, this would have happened to you with a time 10, 15 years ago. Yeah, look at Marv. I mean, what right. he went through. He, yeah. he, he didn't have been rehired in a million years if this happened to him now. No question. Yeah. 100% yeah. correct. Yep. Yeah. You're absolutely spot on. You know what else uh, a lot of people uh, told me? And again, I'm talking about some of the biggest names in our industry that I talked with. They told me now that they're nervous about going on the air and saying something that's going to be misconstrued or the intent of what they say is taken out of context. Because, you know, you know this, David, you're a longtime broadcaster. What we do is spontaneous. You know, we don't we don't rehearse what we're going to say. It's part of just doing live TV or live radio. I was very taken back by how many people in our profession, and again, I'm talking about the top of our profession, are, are telling me that they're nervous about saying the wrong thing on air now. Oh, sure they are. So they talk they talk less. Now, the reason you'll hear that, too, I think sort of goes beyond uh, concern for polit- political uh, correctness, guys, you know, taking going after <clears throat> I think what happens is, is announcers get older, I had a couple, three of them, t- tell me this. I said, how do you survive till you're 80, 85 years old? And they say they talk less. Now, that's not, nothing to do with politics, but sometimes the name doesn't hit you. Your, re- your word retention, your word retrieval is not what it was years ago. So they just cut back and say less. But people getting older and, and they're not as good. I, I'm not going to get into names and I wouldn't want to do it on your show. But there are a lot of them, and I'm sure you can name them and say, "Boy, he's not what he was." You of course, know? sure. And, and and they're they're still there, and you wonder why. Uh, would you rather he were a good broadcaster? Good, you can you can broadcast the games till you're 90 if you're sharp. Yes. But a lot of the guys in the 70s. That's why when you look at network TV and play-by-play people, by the time they hit 80, they're gone goodbye. Oh yes. I was, just eighty when they when when they no question started, he was pushed out so it, it's it's what it is but some people are quiet and they do an adequate job uh, and and they stay on but what they did to you um, that was just crazy and I know how Phil felt and, and he now he's one he's not he's not afraid to no he's not to challenge anybody on that front but most won't um, yeah. By the way, I'm going to turn the tables. I want to ask you a question. Sure. 
Because you know, I study this uh, broadcasting. It's something very special to me, the history of it. If I'm not mistaken, I know when I was in the league, I think you were doing some radio. What did you prefer, radio or TV? That's a great memory. Uh, I, I've done the, I did the Kings for 32 years, three years on radio, and the rest on TV. Uh, I love doing radio. It's my first love. I love doing radio. I think it's the real pure art form. I grew up uh, on Long Island as a kid listening to Marv do the Knicks and the Rangers. I used to record his games, and then I used to bring in the highlights so that me and my buddies could listen to it in homeroom in junior high school before the bell rang. Um, I, I, I was just absolutely obsessed and drawn into Marv Albert's radio play-by-play, and that's mm-hmm. something that I always wanted to do. I did college hockey, Division One college hockey, for six years on the radio, and I'll tell you, I absolutely love doing – I think, you know, if somebody said to me, Grant, you can just do whatever you want for the rest of your life, I would choose hockey play-by-play on the radio because that, to me, yeah. is the best. I love doing hockey, but to answer your question, David, radio is, is what it's all about to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well – uh, TV, though, is where, where you're going to get your audience and where you're going to get your visibility. Because unfortunately today, uh, radio sports is not what it was. My son, the sportsman, he's now in his 30s. But I can tell you that uh, I don't remember him as a kid listening to sports. It wasn't on TV. That's or- a great point. Yeah, he'll, he'll move to something else. You know what, though? You, you know, I, and, I, and I say this in, in all sincerity. I, I don't care about the visibility. I do care about, you know, income. And obviously, I know a lot of the radio broadcasters uh, in professional sports now really don't make a lot. And so from an economic perspective, I think it was better for me on TV. But again, if you just gave me that magic wand and said you can do whatever you want, Let's just say you could say, okay, you want to do hockey? Pick a team. Which team do you want to do hockey for? I would choose any team in the NHL. wouldn't matter where. And if you'd said you can either pick radio or TV, you know what? I would pick radio. I just absolutely love doing both hockey, basketball, and football on the radio. But hockey's always been my favorite. And even though I worked in the NBA for 32 years, uh, on my off nights, David, I didn't watch the NBA at home. I watched hockey. <laughs> no, I didn't. I was watching hockey games on my off nights. I love hockey. I think it's a, a great game, and it's such a great challenge to announce. I've always been just very compelled to study it. And um, so, you know, that's just me. I'm sure if you talk to – and you talk to broadcasters like myself and Tom all the time, I'm sure you get all kinds of different answers. But radio, to me, is the best. Oh, yeah. You know who else told me exactly what you did, but in different words? Vin Scully. Wow. Uh, and, and I talked to Vin maybe once or twice a year. And when I spoke with him last, I asked that question. I said, which would you prefer, TV or radio? And he said, in essence, radio. He said, TV, though, is where you make the money. So uh, most guys will tell you that, from Marty Glickman yep. to Joe Tate to a great yep. broadcaster, as you well know. Uh, they enjoy radio, and where you have full command. Um, I think Scully said that on radio you're a puncher, and on TV you're a counter puncher. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Isn't that yeah. the truth? Yeah. No, where did your love for studying broadcasting, where did your love of, of sports broadcasting come from? Because you're obsessed with it. As you said, you study it. You're a historian. Where did it begin for you? Well, you know, I was raised in Brooklyn. I've lived here in South Florida for almost 30 years. But when I grew up, it was a small neighborhood uh, kind of experience. Uh, And what I did is I had that transistor. You've heard that story for many under my pillow. And 
it took me on these wild trips. You know, if I'd hear Mel Allen and Red Barber or Glickman do a football game and they describe the stadium they're in and what the weather was like in the city, I had not traveled much on my own until I was college. Hmm. And I said, these are folks who inspire me. I remember um, Red Barber once describing a player who had um, uh, sort of olive skin. And he said, remember it was Smith standing up there. He's got that swarthy complexion. I had no (laughs) idea what in the world he meant. But I went to the dictionary and I learned. I always fell in love with radio and, of Mm -hmm. course, later TV. But most of my um, meals I put on my table uh, were really through sales and sales management. I ran Westwood One Sports uh, and wrote a couple of bucks and uh, did, did lots of sales and, and on the ad side. In fact, I was in Sacramento. I think it was 1985 when the uh, Kings moved there oh, wow. to Kansas City. How about that? There was a guy, if I'm not mistaken, I don't know if he's alive. I don't know. His name, I think, was Paul Aaron. Or something, Aaron was the last name. He ran a radio station. Hmm, not familiar Big one with that, that had just gotten the rights to the uh, Kings. Wow, how about that? And Yeah, so I was out there. I was on the road a lot. So, yeah, I, I've sort of called myself a jack of all trades and a master at none. Mm-hmm. Hey, when you, were, <laughs> when you were doing St. John's basketball, if I say to you, Lou Carnesecca, you say what? Great coach, great man. He's lived in a, in a very healthy way. He's, I think, 96 and a true gentleman, uh, really old school. And if you're loyal, he'll, he'll back you all the way through. Uh, and, and, and you learn a lot about the game. But like older coaches of Bobby Knight, they're very obstinate in the way they you know, run, run their teams. And, you know, if he, he never played, for instance, zone, neither did Bobby Knight. So that's the one thing. But just an absolute gentleman. I had a contract with them for 14 years and really never, never a hmm. contract. I, sh- I shook my hand, shook their hands and this was it. And I had responsibility for sales as well as doing the games. And took it from a small Long Island radio station, hmm. WGBB. Oh yeah. yeah. To WCBS and worked with Ed Ingalls on the games for 10 years or so. so wow. That's pretty amazing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I, I always enjoyed that. But uh, I, I hope that uh, things improve in this country because th- this, this issue with uh, PC and, and cancel culture, which is even worse, even after I uh, wrote that story, uh, some nasty people, you know, yeah. try to gang up on me. I, I, I saw that, actually, and I was just like, you know, that's the country that we're living in. That's the society. People are so quick to judge. You know, Adam Silver said this before game one of the NBA Finals uh, when the Rachel Nichols, uh, Maria Taylor yeah. story and everything. And, and so I thought it was very interesting because it's the first time he's really spoken about this. First of all, he really came down hard on ESPN and said, wait a minute, yeah. you've had a whole year and you can't figure this out. And then he said that nobody should lose their job over one comment like that. And then he said, and someone's body of work needs to be looked at before somebody is terminated and their life is turned upside down. And that didn't happen to me. I can guarantee you that. I don't want to speak for Tom, but everyone is so quick to judge. Everyone is perfect in this country. Nobody, nobody ever apologizes in this country anymore because everyone's perfect. Everybody likes to get on social media because they're just perfect and they can say whatever they want. It's just a sickening part of this society right now. Yeah, no question. But 
you know, I'm not sure what the be- what what the best approach is. Um, I think your story, uh, the one uh, with uh, with Tom, and, and even one down here in South Florida. You probably knew him. I'm not sure. Dave Lamont. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. ESPN. Yeah. And Maria Taylor uh, did him in when he, That's he right. thought he was off. Yeah. So yeah, I, it, that. It's unnecessary, you know, uh, uh, totally. And now, um, you know, they're, they're hiring women, and I think that in many ways is great. But there's something that I'm writing about. In fact, they just posted a story that um, women and people don't like talking about it, but I'm going to say it: their voice doesn't have the range of a man. You can't stop that. And, and they've got to work on that. If they're going to be accepted, you can't have people screeching or yelping on any big mo- moment in a game, you know. And, and But then again, they deserve every opportunity. I don't want somebody listening to this and think that. But I understand. Well, be, it's the reality. Yeah, right. That's what, that, I, I, I believe that. But, again, I, they deserve every opportunity. But they're going to have to do something on that front. Because, so, you know, go ahead. I was just going to say that, you know, that's the deal. I, I'm happy for, uh, for Byington, uh, Lisa Byington, who was hired by the Bucks. But, yeah, so that's right. For, you know, good for them for making that move. But now she's got to work damn hard uh, if she's going to show that she's worth, uh, worth being hired. Since you're such a historian, I want to have some fun with you. If you uh-huh. could only listen to one football game, and you could pick any announcer in the history of football, any any play-by-play guy in the history of the sport, who would you want announcing that one game? Well, if it's network TV. It could be radio radio or TV, whatever you want. I'll give give you an answer to both. I'll say TV on a one-game basis, uh, I would say would be Dick Enberg. Mm -hmm. And on radio would be Marty Glickman. Wow, I love Marty Glickman. He was great, wasn't he? Love Marty. All right. Well, uh, and and another, another great guy. All right. What about basketball? Joe Tate on radio and TV. Hmm. You know that's tough because on TV you're looking for different things. You know, I can go through them and I could say that Jim Nance weaves in stories as well as anybody. He's got two broadcasters with him, uh, Grant Hill and and uh, you know. Former uh, coach of Seton Hall. Um, yeah, PJ Carlissimo. Pete, yeah, PJ or whoever, but he can weave in a story as well as anyone, right? Just weave, weave it in. So if he, if you'll notice, I study this. If he catches a sliver of an opportunity to tell his little anecdote and share it, yeah, he does it before the other two guys, Grand Hill. Or after, I guess. Oh, yeah, you're talking about or Bill Rafferty, yeah, right? Yeah, on yeah. Final Four. So there, there would be a situation like that. He'd jump right in, but get out yeah. soon enough to give Raff and Hill an opportunity mm. to, to, do their, to do their thing. Um, but Marv, of course, I think set, set the way to do it on TV. Uh, no one does it with a, a greater flair than he did. Um, so I, I would say maybe NBA, let's say Marvin on college, maybe uh, Jim Nance. As far as the um, uh, radio, I think it's Tate. Um, for 
You probably want to know about hockey. Yep, I want to know about hockey and baseball, so let's get to hockey. All right. The hockey, you'll like this because I'm doing a story. It's going to go in next week. You lived in Long Island, so you probably heard radio stations from Connecticut Connecticut coming in pretty well, WTIC. Mm-hmm. And uh, the guy, Chuck Caton. You know that name? I do. Chuck Caton. Yeah, Chuck Caton did the uh, Hartford Whalers. And when they moved down to Carolina, he did the Hurricanes. And he's doing a piece on how to do hockey on radio. He, he and the ownership of the, uh, of the Carolina franchise had some uh, had some issues, as they did uh, with Forceland as well. Uh, so they're both gone from the team. But he was as good as they come. He had a, sort of a raspy voice, but never mispronounced any of those foreign names of the hockey players, meaning um, meaning Caton. You know, I love uh, I love Dan Kelly. Remember Dan Kelly of the Blues? I oh, thought Dan Kelly was. Yep. See, to me, Dan Kelly, if you if you give me hockey, I'm taking him as my number one guy on radio. <laughs> I agree with you, Grant. Um, I always thought, and I wrote about this. In fact, the Times asked me about it when he retired. I I really think that um, Emmerich uh, spoke too much for TV. He was rapid fire. He had a brilliant uh, ability to use so many varied adjectives uh, without groping for the right word. He, he does a radio like call that. on TV. He did a radio call on TV. That's what right. Doc did, right? Yeah, that's that's why, in fact, uh, Oberman, uh, other guys who have written that the best, the best really was the, uh, Dan, uh, Dan Kelly. Another guy who wasn't bad, uh, Tim Ryan. I don't know if you Tim Ryan was him. great, great hockey announcer. Yep. Yeah, great. He, yeah he, 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 very good voice. Uh, Baseball, um, I would have to say to you, of course, anybody would, then Scully. Sure. Maybe you hear heard him every day, and you know it loses its luster. But he, he was, he's unbelievable. The best. I mean, the command of the language. The best. He just made you feel good, whether it was TV or radio. Um, as far as radio, baseball, I grew up. I, it depends how you look at it, because baseball. It's a sport that uh, it's a summer-long affair. And uh, I think with, uh, if you were a Mets fan, I love Bob Murphy. And I also love Phil This sort of neighborly warmth to the broadcast. Mm-hmm. One of the first to do so. So, well, I love that. You know, yeah. Phil Rizzuto, man, the, be- the best part about listening to Phil was when there was a thunderstorm coming with lightning. You ever hear anyone get associated? <laughs> he was gone. He was gone by then, right? <laughs> he, was, he was funny, yeah. No, I, I, I don't, I'm not a fan of John Sterling because I don't, I, there's certain things I like. He doesn't use too many stats and he can tell a story, but he never learned the fundamentals. And if you don't learn the fundamentals, doing baseball, you can never catch up. It's like you didn't learn to ride a bike and you're 45, 50 years old. You're going to have trouble <laughs> right, learning, right? Right. And he never did. He was a very, you probably remember him, when he did those uh, talk shows on WMCA. Oh, sure did. I used to listen to him all the time. And you know what the reason you, li- you listen to all the time, Grant, is because there wasn't anything else. That's correct. There was on, nothing right? else. Nope. That's exactly right. Nothing else. Yep. And ESPN wasn't born no, until 79. No, nope. If you're people walking home from school, they'd little well. I don't know. Well. Was, I think he came on a little later. But 
Yeah, he was great at that. If he'd have stuck with that, yeah. he'd have been a billionaire. Yeah, no, he was great at that. I'll tell you, you're great at what you do, too. And it's been a real treat to uh, talk to you about some of the issues that you write about. Uh, really good stuff and uh, continued success. And thank you very much for your time. Yeah. I've really, I've really me, enjoyed this conversation. Sammy, let me just give the, uh, the place they can get this online. Uh, sports, plural, sportsbroadcastjournal.com. Awesome. David, thank you very much, man. Again, I think I uh, really enjoyed this. Hope, hope things get much better for you. You deserve it. Let's now get to today's Crowd Ultra. Just go to crowdultra.com. You can ask me a question, and maybe I will answer it right here on today's podcast. The first question comes from Mitch. Have you heard the rumors about DeMarcus Cousins returning to Sacramento? I have not. That's number one. Number two, why would the Kings want Cousins back? And number three, why would anybody want Cousins back? It's very obvious that the guy is a shell of himself, and it's the reason as of I do this podcast that he is not on a roster with training cam opening up uh, in days. So I haven't heard. I don't really know why that would happen. I would say the chances of Cousins being with Sacramento would be very slim. I know for a fact that Luke Walton would not like that. Charlie said, what's your take on Ben Simmons not reporting to camp? It's wrong. Regardless of how he feels about the team, it's wrong. The guy has a contract. He has four years left on a deal. And if he doesn't want to obey his contract, then he doesn't get paid. But how do I feel about it? It's wrong. It's flat out wrong. Aaron asked, what's your favorite thing about Miami? First and foremost, the weather year-round. The weather here is great. gets a little humid in the summer, but not too bad. Uh, I'm a water person. I love the ocean. I just love the water. Um, There's endless number of things to do in Miami. But I think if you ask me the favorite thing, I just the climate here is absolutely uh, incredible. Dave asked, since Tyrod Taylor and Deshaun Watson are out, should the Texans pick up? Cam Newton. Well, if they feel like he could help them, they should, but I don't know if he can help them. Uh, Logan asked, have I ever met O.J. Simpson? No, I have not. Ian said, did you hear Bill Maher's opinion on the Black National Anthem in the NFL? Ian, I would suggest that you go back and listen to my recent podcast over the last week and a half, because I talk about it on pretty much every single podcast. It's If You Don't Like That with Grant Napier. Xavier says, do you agree with Tlaib saying that Kyler Murray is the best quarterback in the NFC West. Really? He's better than Russell Wilson? How about go out and win a playoff game or two first? Duncan asked, do you think Evander Kane is going to miss the season like Trevor Bauer? I do not. Vince asked, have you ever owned a pair of Jordans? No, I don't believe I have. I used to get my boys Jordans a lot when we used to go to Portland and got uh, very uh, discounted prices at the Nike employee store, but I don't believe I ever got a pair for myself, but, 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 but I may have. Nick from New York says, did you see Elvira is now accusing Wilt Chamberlain of sexual assault? I did, and the fact that Wilt is no longer with us, um, you know, again, I, I'm not even really sure what else to add to that. Ben asks, is Aaron Rodgers becoming unlikable like LeBron. I don't think so, no. Uh, Aaron does not put absurd, hypocritical messages out on social media. And so, no, I don't I don't agree that he is 
uh, at all. Not at all. All right, we go on. Michael wants to know, were there any crazy partiers like Dennis Rodman on the Kings during your time with the team? Well, first of all, what I see off the court and out of public eye is not for public knowledge. So I'm not even going to comment on that. I hope you understand that. Kevin asks, why do you think Doc Rivers is trying to get Simmons to stay? Kevin, make sure you stay around for just a couple of moments and listen to my rant. Zach says, have you checked out Evander Kane's new allegations? I have, and I've got to tell you, you know, he was completely exonerated by the NHL on the gambling allegations put forth by his estranged wife. Now she is alleging uh, domestic violence, abuse, and things of that nature. And I'll say the same thing to you I say to everybody. I'm just going to sit back and wait until the investigation is complete. All right? That's what I'm going to say. Ross asked, De'Aaron Fox said that drafting Davion Mitchell was good for the team. Do you agree? Well, what else is he going to say? Is he going to say it's bad for the team? Seriously. What, what, what do you expect any player to say about a teammate that was drafted? So I don't really put in the any like stock. or I, It doesn't matter to me what they say. Actions speak louder than words. Just go out and play and win some freaking games. Hey, remember, just go to CrowdUltra.com. You can ask me a question, and I am very happy to answer it right here on my podcast. It's time for Rant. Hey, today's rant is brought to you by Roy's Umbrella. I recently had a talk with Roy, and uh, such a great guy. And I, I, I've talked about Roy's Umbrella for a number of years, and there are so many things that I can say about Roy and his business. But the first thing I'm going to say is integrity and honesty and no BS. That's what you get with Roy and his staff at Roy's Umbrella. And there's a lot of things going on right now as it relates to interest rates, whether you should refinance, maybe you're buying a home. Whatever the case may be, check out Roy's Umbrella. And again, I'm talking about no bullshit here, all right? And I, and I know Roy wouldn't mind me saying that just the way I said it. Roy is just the salt of the earth, all right? You deal with Roy and his staff you're dealing with the most sincere, honest people. And I don't know about you, but that's important to me. That is really important to me. And I'll tell you, you're going to feel like you're being treated like a family member when you deal with Roy at Roy's Umbrella. All right, what about Doc Rivers going on ESPN's first take and now kissing the ass of Ben Simmons? Ben Simmons has got four years left on his deal. You got to come on TV and, and make those comments? Like, how about talking to the guy privately? I mean... Doc was critical after the playoffs, and I understand that. I mean, Simmons has got to grow up a little bit. I mean, the reality is he's got a four-year deal, $144 million coming his way. Grow up and show up and go to work. All right, the report is that he's not going to go to work. But, I mean, Doc Rivers is the head coach of the 76ers, and he's going on first take on ESPN to kiss the ass of Ben Simmons, saying we really want him and blah, 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 and blah, blah, blah. Here's the bottom line, all right? You don't have to kiss anybody's ass. You got a young man who's 25 years of age, three-time All-Star, first-team All-Defense two years in a row, who's got four years left on his deal. All right, he's supposed to go to work. 
That's what his that's what his contract says. So you don't have to go on the first take. You don't have to go on national TV and talk about how great Ben is and how much you love him and how he can help you win a championship. Too late for that. All right. Should have done that back in June. Should have done it in July. Should have done it in August, September. Well, whenever the season ended. All right. I know the schedule is wacko. It's t- now you're doing it three days, four days before training camp. Uh, uh-uh, too late. All right, Doc. Keep it. Zip it. All right. Zip it. You should have been doing this a month ago or two months ago, not three or four days before training camp. And here's the other issue. You don't have to say anything. All right. The guy's under contract. You know, you don't have to kiss anybody's ass. Four years left on the deal. Get to work, everybody. Get to work. And that's my rant for today. And that's my podcast for today. Again, my uh, thanks to uh, David for coming on and talking about uh, cancel culture in the sports media world and his favorite announcers and some of the all-time greats. I really enjoyed that. As I've said, I really appreciate you checking us out here. Hope you have a fabulous weekend. And thank you so much for listening to If You Don't Like That with Grant Napier. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.